Okay, Deep, welcome to the Flight Pass, my friend. How are you doing? Thanks, Tom. No worries. Pleasure to be pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. So let's get straight to the point. Tell me what you're doing, how you doing? Great, yeah. So uh, we started this journey. Um, actually, maybe backtrack a little bit. Mm. This is something that has sort of stuck and you know the business is going well. But before this, there were a few sort of failed attempts, as you might say. Right. Um, so I just want to highlight on that because some people might be, you know, thinking, looking at us like we're doing well. You know, we launched the brand maybe 12 months ago, and then now things are going well. But it's it's a long time to get to this point, mm. right? So started this journey with my brother about uh, 18 months ago. We traveled to Europe. We're going to diff- different places, traveling, having a good time. Came back, looking at photos, looking at memories. Mm. And uh, my brother at the time, he was um, studying at White House. Right. Designer University, right? I thought you meant the actual White House for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would be, he was working with Trump. No, no of I'm course, joking. of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, um, he wanted to launch a clothing brand. Right. So we were talking, we were looking through some photos, videos. And we're talking, I remember that time we went to that bar? Mm. Remember that time we did that? Mm. Remember that time in Spain? So we just came up with the name. We just said, let's call the clothing brand that time. Right. So, yeah, it's... A, it's that's how we started. It took a while to get used to the, you know, supplier, the supply chain. And yeah, 18 months down the track, we, we're here now. Well, I'm lucky enough to have just been given a shirt. And I can tell you that the, the, the design process you've taken, the process you've taken to choose the suppliers has definitely paid off. Because I hate to admit it, your shirt is nicer than mine. <laughs> but yeah, cool, man. Uh, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that you've kind of explained, you know, how it started and everything like that. Yeah. I'd like to know... Um, the first question I always use to start these off is, you've probably heard it, if you had a shiny red button right on your desk mm-hmm. that said reset, right? You could reset it to the point where you haven't started just at uh, that time mm-hmm. and you know you know nothing of this and you just want to start again, but go on a different path, mm-hmm. would you press it? Oh, look, it's a tough question. It is a and tough question. I might have to ponder on it for a little while, but exactly. to be honest, I don't think I would like to press that reset button because without the, the mistakes, We've made um, my business partner and my brother. I'm so lucky to to be working with someone who mm. is in the family, and then you know we've grown up together, and we've been so close together for since the start. So I don't think I'll, I would. No, I don't think I'll like to press that button. That's cool. That's relieving to feel, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, crazy man, crazy. Yeah, um, you know, you're like, well, might as well tell them how we met because that'd yeah. be cool. So we met at a networking event, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there, we kind of just evolved, you know, like little advice here and there both ways. And, yeah. you know, I've grown from what you've taught me and you've grown from what I've taught you, hopefully. Yeah, yeah like that. No, definitely. And um, yeah, like I could tell you that there's a few people in this world that I connect with that I know work extremely hard. And you and Lucky are definitely two of those people. Appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, but... um. Like we actually look up to to your work ethic. Us. I don't know how you Stop squeeze. <laughs> I don't know how you squeeze in music, videography. You want to know the secret? Agency. Yeah, tell, secret? tell us. I'm a clone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, no man, it's it's really cool to see. It's motivating, and and if you don't mind me asking, I know the answer, but I want them to know. How old are you? I'm 30. 30. Believe it or not, yeah. Look at the bottom. I, I want to know what's in your water because, <laughs> like, I'm 21 and I'm still like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, that's cool to hear. So let's get more to the nitty gritty. Um, the imposter syndrome you've heard of it right mm-hmm. are there times where you feel like what you're doing you know for example with the brand or flying across um, traveling stuff like that being able to, if something as small as not having to catch the bus every morning mm-hmm. you know do you feel like you shouldn't be here 
sometimes? Yeah, look, great question, actually. And uh, it's taken, taken me a long time to, to get sort of over that. Because mm. I migrated to, to Sydney with my parents and my brother, right? When I was 14. So wow. straight to high school, straight to... Uh, I mean, it, I couldn't complain. It was a really, really nice area. So I moved to Northern Beaches. And was English your first language? No, no. So I didn't speak English as, as at all, actually, at that yeah. time. That time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I moved into that area where there were not many other Indian people there, mm. right? Or any other, mostly just Caucasians. Mm. So I found it really hard, to be honest, to fit in. And uh, first couple of years settling in, it was... It's definitely that imposter syndrome. Right? Okay. I didn't. I didn't feel, you know, I belonged here. I didn't. I couldn't speak the language properly. I was getting bullied in school. Um, so the only way I could sort of figure out that at that time, like how to sort of keep my my value or keep my sort of existence going, was just work hard. Just yeah. work hard at school. Pick up skills, play sport, and you say that transmitted into your life now. I would definitely say that. So that's been a huge part in helping me grow like to you know whatever two cents I'm, I'm at right now so so def- that that experience you had back then you would say it was beneficial to you are now it was yeah definitely and if you ask me if i would change anything i would not change so going across from that and taking that point into account if someone was in like in the position that you were all those years ago right when you were getting on when you would immigrate over and everything like that yep. and someone was in your exact position where they're like i want to give up mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now about that kind of experience, what would you say to that 14-year-old, 13-year-old kid? Yeah, look, that's, that's, that's a really good question. What I would say is find your value within. Don't look at you know, external factors. Don't look at you know, nice sort of cars, clothing, materialistic things, because they are very temporary. They won't give you that sort of internal um, self-confidence mm. that you need to succeed in life, business, um, definitely work on yourself. If, if, I mean, if you're 14, 15, all you should be doing is playing sports, you know, extending your knowledge. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's counterintuitive, but get off TikTok, get off Instagram. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, the more time you spend on those things, like they, they are made for, you know, those quick dopamine hits. Exactly. Um, so work on yourself, work on Go to old school, you know, go to the gym, play sport, go out, kick a ball, um, network, speak to people, smile when you're on the street. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people smile back Yeah, and say hello. And then everyone complains, like especially at the uni, everyone's complaining yeah. like, oh, no one looks at me, no one talks to me. Right. Like I did, um, I actually did like this, it was, I don't know if it was a dumb decision yet, but um, at uni they were doing this open mic night and I did mm-hmm. like a motivational talk and yeah. I was saying like, get off your phone, look at people, right. talk to people, stuff like that. And then everyone like afterwards would text me and stuff and be like, oh, I try that, but no one looks back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how many times have you tried that? Exactly. You know? and, exactly. Speci- and going back to the uni point, because I still study in the quarry, every time I go there, every single person, I, I'm not joking, every single person I've seen. On their phone. Yeah, and just yeah. walking. And it's very, it's painful to see, mm. to be honest, because this, <laughs> there's, a, there's a line by Kendrick Right, oh, in, in this song, ago. I love Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. How many times potential was anonymous? So, if you, Explain. how many times was potential anonymous? So everyone has potential. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. That but sense. how many times yeah. is it anonymous? Like no one knows. It's not shown. Exactly. Like this guy, um, I was talking to this guy, I'm not going to reveal his name. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching, you know who you are. Um, he wanted to work for Bohemian mm -hmm. uh, two nights ago, I was talking to him. And I said, and he wanted to be a chef, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I was in my position where I was asking someone for a job, but I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't feel like I, I could do it, mm -hmm. you know, I, I would feel terrible as a man if I told him to, okay, work for me, become a salesperson, right? Yeah, make some money, cool, but don't focus on your passion. Mm. You know, so this guy, I'm now in the process of getting him jobs as like a head chef, trying out clients and stuff like that. But the funny thing is, a lot of people in that position would be like, no, I just want the money. Mm. But then you forget, like money, you know, I'm not going to go too much, I'm not a financial advisor, just like, you know, <laughs> but like, we, we, we completely surround our whole ideology around this cash, which right. isn't linked to anything, which people forget. And people don't go out and become musicians, become chefs, become designers, become clothing brand owners, mm. stuff like that. And I would like to know, like, you know, growing up from when you, wherever you grew up to where you are mm. now, I'm, I imagine a lot of people were telling you what to do, where to do it, how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you break out of that and start that time? I mean, great question. Yeah, it's a, it's a vicious cycle you have to get out of. And I think lots I do attribute to, to my upbringing, my parents. Mm. Um, they've always been open-minded. They've always been um, sort of supporting parents where... They, they've let my brother and I try whatever, you know, we wanted. And um, just by trying, just failing, getting used to the re rejections, it's, it's just that, that taking that tough path is just you know, sort of ingrained that part in, in my mind, I guess. Right. So I don't see it as like a tough, tough path. I just see it my path, you know. So this is, this is the way I'm going. So it doesn't matter whatever comes in the way. Like, yeah. that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, well, mate, the fact that you even said path, you know, you already said like that time, this, that time, that. So I've got to, I've got to take a page out of your book and say this podcast is called The Flight Path. So, you know, the whole, the whole trip, you know, the whole trip to the destination, wherever you're going, no matter how short it is, is always going to be bumpy. Right. right? There's always going to be a bumpy part in that path. No matter if you're traveling to, in my case, Melbourne, or you're traveling to like, I don't know, like Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Every time, there's always going to be, a, well, at one point, it's going to be a bump. So... Hence why the name's the flight path. Hence why yeah. we interview people who have been through those bumps. Definitely. So yeah, before going super deep. Oh, okay. Keep going. Yeah, I, I love the philosophy side of things. So Bruce Lee, another line. He says, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for strength to live a difficult one. So, mm. you know. Mm. That's deep. Because easy life is, I mean, easy is you can be on the couch, just going through Instagram. What are you going to gain out of it? You're going to look at pictures of people. If you're into gym, who are fitter than you, who look better than you, you're going to feel worse about yourself. And then you, you're not even going to take any action. You're not going to even go for a walk. Because you're like, what's the point? I'm never going to look like that. People forget that like social media, and not just the app itself, but right. the actual content is all designed for the creator's purpose. It's right. Not, like people go, like even me, man, like I'm sure you as well, mm -hmm. would go on TikTok or Instagram and be like business ideas, income stream ideas. Right. And just swipe through. And like, that's honestly how I got into agencies. Yeah. Right? And then it changed and I realized, cracked the code of how to actually get clients and stuff like that. Exactly. But every piece of advice online, 90% yeah. of it is designed to sell something that they're already developing. 100%. And, and yeah. by the way, thanks for helping us out as oh, well. No, when and we sort of were struggling. That's okay. um, if anyone's looking for marketing, That's <laughs> Bohemian Tom, <laughs> <laughs> he knows his stuff. Nice but um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, you gotta you gotta look through your interests. Mm. I, I love the the idea of creating, but the more you consume other I, like other people's 
ideas, the more you're programming yourself not to create mm. and just consume. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, it doesn't make dollars, but it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, back in action. Now I have a few questions regarding you know actually getting into the business because mm-hmm. obviously it's quite hard. So number one, the most important part of the day is waking up. So when do you wake up? Yeah, six a.m. for the last twelve months or so. Right. Yeah. Breakfast or no breakfast? No. You know what? So- no, no. Go through your whole routine. When you wake up, what happens? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I've I've actually got it from a few books, right? So five a.m. club is mm. one of my favorites. Recently, I read. Um, Really, really great book if you're looking to sort of maximize your mornings. Mm. So, I mean, I don't wake up at five, but I wake up at six. So yeah. that works for me. Uh, 6 a.m., wake up and drink uh, hot water. Hot water? Hot water, just to flush out all the toxins. Right, okay. And, um, you know, do my whatever I need to do and then um, sit down for meditation. Ten minutes. And that's been part of my routine since COVID. Right. It helped me a lot during, you know, the distress times and... It's become part of my routine, and if I don't do it, I feel like I haven't I haven't lived. Yeah. <laughs> so that's done, and then I do stretching. Cool. So you know, try and keep sort of flexible, and from there on, uh, something to eat: a couple of bananas, uh, orange juice. Go to the gym uh, five days a week. So your morning morning workout club as well. Morning workout. Does it make in. you tired? No. So look, I used to think that I used to go gym after work and. Since since I started going in the morning, I actually have more energy. Oh, so yeah, right. it's it's uh it's been working really well. So I go in the morning, hit the gym, and then just start my day. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, discipline is really important. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is because, you know, as we were talking before, discipline is extremely important, and people right. think you can just wake up disciplined. But even me, man, like I I can't wake up at that time. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm motivated <laughs> as shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 100%. But like um, yeah. So you know, now that you've heard deep's routine. And I'll tell you mine really quick. It's about the same. Yeah, I wake yeah. up around the same time. I have a lot of trouble waking up in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Like early, a lot of trouble, okay. right? Because I'm busy, you know, conquering the world at night. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so what I do is I have I have like four alarms. Uh-huh, right? okay. So I have, I have a mat that you have to stand on to turn uh-huh. off. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the Ruggy. And then I have um my Google Home, which like flushes white uh, orange light into my face. And then I have right. like a wristband that vibrates to wake me up. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I have my iPhone alarm and I still don't wake up, man. So um, it's like waking you up from the dead. It's it's terrible. <laughs> you might as well be. Um, but yeah, and you know what? Sometimes, yeah, honestly, I, I sleep through it. <laughs> yeah, look, but um, was, yeah. yeah, like as long as you as long as you find that good mix, you know, like mm. I work like a beast at night. Mm. Like I can work until six in the morning, easy. Right, but yeah. you know, like as long as you find that that what works for you. I think yeah. you got to find a balance. Like you know, not every sort of routine is gonna work for everyone. Yeah, as you said, that works for you. You get most out of it. Yeah. Why not? So hence why these YouTube videos, and I'm sure you're, you're a victim of watching those routine videos on YouTube. <laughs> like Ali yeah. Abdal, Matt Diavella, stuff like that. Right. Um, Thomas Frank, Ryan Serhant, which is really good for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you Real watch them. King. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you, yeah. you watch them and you think like, okay, I'll just copy it. Yeah. It is so much harder than you think. Exactly. So, And you got to yeah. see how long it's taken them to get to that routine. They've been mm. in the business for 10, 15 years. Mm. And only recently they've started doing these routines, right? Um, so they've compounded over time. Mm. If you try and do what someone's done, say you want to start boxing, sure, and you want to box in a fight, and you want to box someone who's been fighting for ten years, you can follow their routine, but it probably will take you ten years to get to where they are. Yeah, most people give up right when it starts working. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. Um, again, the reason I ask that is because I want to know like how you made that jump from where you were before to where you are now. 
Mm-hmm. So let's go more into the business side of things. Right. Sure. That time. Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, how did you actually... No, and we know how you got the name. I want to know how you actually, like... Okay, so you ha- let's go through a hypothetical. You have the name, mm-hmm. right? You've come up with it. You were lucky. You've come up with the name. Yep. You've come up with what you want to do, why you want to do it, the slogan, mm-hmm. the brand, the logo, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now you're at the point where you actually have to get the suppliers. Yes. How the heck did you do that? Great question. And, and for those, those of you out there who are looking to launch their own brands as well, so this might add value. Um, there was a long, long process to get to where we even you know, started launching. So luckily enough... Um, I had my brother on my side and he did design at university. He worked in retail. So he knew all the channels, how to find suppliers, how to do design, mm-hmm. how to you know, come up with uh, pricing strategies. So he had, did, he had done all the heavy lifting um, and planning for the brand, right? And where I come in, I've got a sales background, uh, marketing, that's what, you know, customer acquisition, that's what I, I'm good at. So. Mm. We just joined forces and we said, look, you look after that, I look after that, and let's just go all in and see what we can do, right? So, Okay, back in action for like the third time. (laughs) Cool, so let's get back to that conversation. So disregarding what we spoke about before, what I want to talk about is how exactly you sourced the actual material. So Mm -hmm. what was your, so not the design, not the logo, not everything like that, and the marketing sales, the actual physical product, how did you source the product? Yeah, great question. So... I think my brother, he's, he's an expert in that, right? So he studied design, he knows the fabrics, he knows what to look for. He actually spent um, eight to 10 months sourcing from different suppliers, making sure we got the quality that we were looking for. Mm. So he went through five or six different suppliers. And was he individually going to each one or getting it sent over? Getting it sent over. Yeah. So um, initially we did lose a little bit of money, to be honest, of course. With, yeah. uh, with a couple of suppliers. So bringing it from China, bringing it from, um, you know, like Taiwan. So just trying to, when, when you start a business, right, for us, we were just trying to get like the best quality, but yeah. also get the best price. Right. And it was really difficult to communicate when we went to China. Mm. And uh, we brainstormed and we said, India, why not India? Because we come from India, we speak the language. And the quality of cotton in India is the best Remarkable. in the world. Yeah. So... We looked into some options. That's where, you know, we had that aha moment and we contacted these suppliers, got stuff sent over. The quality quality was amazing. Um, And yeah, that was the sourcing journey, eight to 10 months. Crazy, crazy. And and once we got to that, we were wearing our stuff out and other clothing brands and owners are asking us where we're getting our stuff. So after launching the brand 10 months in, we actually launched another side of the business, helping other brands. Consulting. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's just it's just how business evolves and, and you don't know where business is going to take you if you go all in, you know? Exactly. And if you don't yeah. mind me asking, how... Obviously, you didn't find the suppliers of AliExpress, I'd imagine. So Initially, yes. I did. Initially, okay. yes. And uh, from there on, we got some contacts. And then from there on, um, you know, like eBay and trying different, different avenues. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's how we started, actually. Beautiful. Yeah, because yeah, people think, um, even me, before I like, because I also like attempted a clothing brand, but I, that was, I did it before Bohemian when mm-hmm. I was like, oh, in order to grow a business, you just need to put all your money into it. Right. Instead of speed, which is the most important thing now. Right. Might actually launch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was doing that, I 
looked for like the the hardest part was finding the supplier and now with the knowledge i have i realize how easy it actually is Mm -hmm. right you can go on websites like import yeti for example and see your favorite brands and see their suppliers and actually like get the same quality of clothing as like i don't know any high-end brand Mm. directly from a supplier for cost price it's it's brilliant right but um yeah so it's cool to see that it's a it's it may take eight to ten months, but now the yeah. supplies you have now, I'd imagine you've been working them for a long ass time. Now. For a long ass time, you know, we rely on them, we trust them. Yeah, uh, we do other clothing for other brands mm. with them as well. So we would, if we are putting our name uh, and neck on the line, so to say, we won't work with just anyone. Mm. We have tried, we have tested. Main thing is also shipping. So when you are working in a clothing industry, shipping is a is the main challenge. Mm. So you you'll talk to a supplier. You give them a brief, you give them designs. It'll take them about four weeks to create the product and then it probably another four weeks to ship to you. But with our relationships, the supplies we've got, we can actually get from inception to product to delivery in like two weeks. So we've been able to cut down that time, uh, which has been really helpful. Amazing, man. Like that, that, kind, of, that kind of conversation about the business end of it always... You know, it's always the most exciting part of business to me, but a lot of people right. don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine, do you enjoy that part? Really? Uh, I actually do, yeah. Do. So, yeah. I mean, for some reason, my brain works in a way where I always see business opportunities. Mm. So if I'm talking to you, right, and we'd be talking about ice cream, right, <laughs> my brain would work in a way where I'd be thinking, oh, like, we could probably launch an ice cream brand and exactly. get ingredients from here and here and here and pack it here. Like, mm. that's how my mind works. It's good, man. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't have that. Do you think you can train that or do you think you're born with that? Great, great question. I think your environment and what you input in your mind consciously is a big thing. Um, I don't think you're born with it, I'll be honest. Talent, yes, you're born with talent. But if you put in the time, if you put in the dedication to learn a skill and go all in for, say, six months, you will see the results. Mm. So hard work always conquers all. Hard work, conquers. hard work greater than talent. Would you say? Oh, tough one. I mean, people might have natural talent and they not work hard enough. Mm. But if you work consistently, it compounds. I think if you give it six months, hard work will overcome talent. Feel that? Well, you get me inspired as well, man. Oh, all right. Appreciate it. Very, 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 very interesting. So now I was talking about the manufacturing, the actual supply chain. We can even talk about quality assurance in a second. But before sure. we get to that, I want to talk about partnering. Now, working in, for example, what I do in influencer marketing especially, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult if you don't work in an agency. So I have to know, like, how are you getting those influencers? Are you just cold outreaching by messaging them in DMs or...? Yeah, look, a mix of a lot of, lot of things, right? So, I mean, initially you should look at your, your existing network. Mm. And a lot of people are shy to just reach out to their friend who might be a DJ or who might be uh, a dancer, who might be a musician, right? So just reach out to your friend. Like, what's the worst that could happen? They would say, oh, sorry, I can't. Mm. But from that, they might say, oh, actually, no, Tom, you know, he's a musician. He's got this many listeners on Spotify. Maybe hit him up. So what's the worst that can happen? You're just creating opportunities out of that. So initially, I reached out to one of my friends who I know is a resident DJ at Candy Club here in Sydney. And uh, we met, I still remember we met at like... Might as well shout him out. Yeah, shout out, shout out to DJ Kaz. Ah, the yeah. king, king, of, 
king of DJs in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. He's actually one of the realest DJs I know in Sydney. He, he, I mean, live stuff he does is insane. So, yeah, yeah I reached out to him. I said, um, his name's Arnold. So I said, Arnold, let's catch up. It's been a long time. I want to talk to you about this this idea, this jacket, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, yeah, bro, let's, let's catch up. So we catch up at Argyle, sitting down there. I gave him the jacket. Actually, it was this one here. So um, we we caught up and he wore the jacket and he was like, he never wears anything except black, right? Yeah. His color is black. Like yeah, yeah. he just loves black fabric. And he wore it and he was like, man, this is this is cool. And I was like, guess what? It's like, I want to give it to you as a present. And would you, would you mind doing like shout outs for us? You know, when you're doing your own DJ gigs, like, do you mind wearing it outside? It's like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, yeah, I love that. And I think in business and life, if you're being genuine to people, they would respond the mm. same way, right? Mm. If you have no hidden agenda, people respond that way to you. So, and I said, look, I initially, you know, we have sort of short on cash. We don't have much in terms of cash to give you. So honesty is really important for you. Honesty yeah. in business is very important, I would say, and in life. So he said, look, no problems. And um, yeah, he started promoting it. So that was our first influencer deal. Yeah, and, and now it's paying dividends. Because <laughs> I see this guy all over my feed. Always, and it's so, man, That he did this song. It was, it was when I say that, you, you say, say time. That yeah. time. That, it's so <laughs> catchy, man. It's stuck in my head. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's cool, man. So is, is yeah. ACARS the only like influencer you're working with or are you trying to expand? No, so we got a few now. So our brand is basically about creating memories. Mm. So every time you think that time or memories, we want you to think that time. Um, so we we collaborating with musicians. Shout them out. If you, if you know them off your head, shout them out. Uh, well, yeah, a few Fresh things on, in the works. Pressure's on, do you remember that? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> a few things in the works. You know, there's obviously, you know, with the paperwork and stuff. College so, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was all back for now. But of course, musicians, DJs. Um, we even sponsored a rising cricket star who I can shout out. Um, Abhinav is up and coming in India, where the region we grew up in. So my brother Abhinav and myself, we grew up in that area in India. Right. And he's a rising cricket star. He's, um, he's, he's a great talent and, and no doubt he's going to do big things. So giving back to community from the start has been part of the brand as well. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we always try and incorporate giving back into influence deal if we can. So if it's a rising star, we can see potential in, we will invest in them rather than what was established mm. because the value of our brand is to promote the, the community. Right? Yeah. So same thing with, um, yeah, rising musicians, Shout out to Brownie, uh, my cousin, who's a rapper as well. Um, great talent. So, you know, doing deals with him. So, yeah, just just finding where it can mutually benefit us, but also how we can give back to community is, is the main foundation of our influencer. It's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. And the reason I respect you so much, man, and uh, Lucky as well, is because, as you said, like, being genuine and being honest is so important, right? right? And a lot of people, and I work with a lot of uh, e-commerce brands as well, not so many like fashion, mm-hmm. like not as anymore, I don't really right. do that anymore. Because, and the reason is, is because a lot of them, a lot of them are mm-hmm. designers trying to be arrogant, right. and trying to be rude. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I've worked with two who I actually enjoyed working with, and you're one of them. Um, Appreciate and it. the reason is, is because these people, these designers, right, who have the biggest tall poppy syndrome mm-hmm. and biggest egos, 
are designing these products, you know, bags, whatever it is, uh, stuff like that, hats I had mm-hmm. as well, fedoras as well, which is mm-hmm. weird. Um, they have this obsession with looking so much bigger than they are, being bigger, lying, stuff like that. And then one of them, I'm not going to reveal the name, they're in California. Mm-hmm. They had this ambassador deal, right? And they would basically message like a thousand people and say like, hey, if you want, you know, to work with us, blah, blah, blah. And then the, obviously this kid, whoever it was they're reaching mm-hmm. out to, would be like, of course, yeah, I'd love to. And then they would make them pay shipping and make them pay for the product mm-hmm. and everything. And they'd be like, oh, but you'll get 5%, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And on an affiliate deal, it should be 20, 30%. Right. Like, right. so the fact that you're not doing that kind of thing and the fact that you're being honest and genuine and reaching out personally mm-hmm. is super unique. And yeah. hence why I think that time is really going to go far if it isn't already, which it is. I appreciate so, it. I appreciate but, um, it. Yeah, man. Like, so that's the, so we've, we've covered the manufacturing part. We've mm-hmm. covered the supply chain. We've covered the various ways you're marketing. I won't go into it because obviously yep. need competitive advantage. But Slightly. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, the important thing I want to go through is when business gets tough, right? So mm. obviously tough, can, tough is subjective. So tough, obviously being extremely tough would be the pandemic, I would imagine we'll go into that later. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I would say is also tough that people forget about is when you expand so much and you need to make new hires. Right. So I'm not sure if you're hiring already, but when you get in the process of hiring, mm-hmm. what's going to be your process? No, it's, it's a great question. And, and I think you have to look at all different options, right? Um, running a business is a challenge and a blessing at the same time. You learn, you learn new lessons every day, but also there's, there's challenges where you get stuck for a while and, and you think, oh, am I doing the right thing? Mm. Is this for me? You know, how far are we going to go with this? But I think you gotta, you got to look back and see why you started, right? So for us, why did we start? We're two brothers. We work in the same business. We want to grow this thing together. That's, that's our main reason, right? And coming from an Indian background, coming from immigration like as an immigrant family we just want to be an inspiration to other immigration like immigrant kids or anyone with a dream right so we just look back on those things and and when things get tough you just look on those reasons and and see it's actually not that bad yeah you know like this this is actually a privilege running a business 100 in in a <laughs> in a in a city like sydney in a in a country like australia like there's literally nothing to complain about Exactly. So Yeah. No, that's super motivating, man. And I can tell you, if I'm getting motivated, they're getting motivated. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay. So, now, before we, you know, wrap up, I want to mm-hmm. talk about a few other things. Sure. Number one being the audience who are listening to this are business owners, you know, previous clients, future clients, mm-hmm. and younger people as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I've met this guy. I'm not going to reveal his name. Mm-hmm. Um I met him on Discord, I think, and then we became close friends. Mm-hmm. He's like 15, and he's already trying to get into business. And he reached out and okay. he's like, "Hey, man, how do I get into like how do I get into dropshipping?" Mm. Now, I feel like personally with business, there should be an age where you don't get into it, mm. like that, because obviously it is cutthroat, and a lot of people use you. Now, people here, this might go viral. This clip of me saying they shouldn't get into a business at a young age, but I don't think you should because a lot of people use you, mm. right? But it's, there's a difference between being used where you know about it mm-hmm. and where you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And the people who are using where you don't know about it tend to mess with you up here. Mm-hmm. So like there's been a few situations when I started doing better, mm-hmm. for example, um, people in my circle had used me quite a bit, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't see it coming and then it just hit me like a train. Right. So in your opinion, what's the age where someone should get into business? If they've been thinking about it all their life, when should they actually start doing it? Yeah, look, that's a, that's a really that's a, hard question. That's a tough question, yeah. and I 
think it depends on your circumstance mm. and it depends on why you're doing it. Mm. If you're only doing it for the money, you can only go so far, right? Because you will realize no matter how much money you make, it's not going to fulfill that sort of purpose. So you have to have that that reason why you're doing it, whether it be helping the community, um, you know, helping like putting your name out there and 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 really helping your community like grow. Yeah, it could be, you know, you want to make money because you want to help your family. Could be you want to make money because you know you want to help poor people, like disadvantaged people. There's got to be bigger reason than yourself. Mm. That will take you through those hard times. So when you get to that point where you figure out your purpose, you think it's the right time to go forward. Correct, correct. And that could be any age. That could be 15, that could be 16, that could be 17. And to your point, I think I think you probably can comment it more than what me because I feel like you started at a very early age on that, yeah. on, on that journey. So what would you say is, I mean, you've said that probably there's a certain age you want to get into. What age would that be? Well, I, the funny thing is I'm not one to talk because I got in it young, mm. right? I got in it like 15, 14, same, same age. But when I right. did it, and the reason I suggested people not to is because literally from that age, 14, 14 and a half to, to 18, 19, mm-hmm. I learned a lot, right? It's good. You learn a lot, but it was the hardest I've ever done. Like I almost pulled the family apart, like mm. lost all my friends, got backstabbed because right. especially in school, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know anywhere else, but where I went to school, um, when you do well, when you start, even when I wasn't doing well, my grades suffered as a result, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I wasn't putting any less effort into school. You know, I was still studying like a maniac, but I was mm-hmm. also working all night, all day. Like so, I, and I would spend all my lunches, recesses, and stuff in in this specific room in the music center, working mm-hmm. my businesses and my music as well. Right. And the problem is, everybody in that school, teachers and parents included, mm-hmm. in my specific situation, were like, "Why aren't you working on school?" Your grades are dropping. And I'm like, my grades aren't dropping because I'm not putting in the effort. My grades are right. dropping because it sucks and I don't get it. <laughs> right? But um, like my advice to people getting into that world would be focus on school. Mm. Because the things I learned in school, I carry through now. Even when Great we were point. studying like stupid – like there was a question in the HSC which was about like a mango Right, it made no sense. Right, but you know the, all those situations in school where I was like, "This makes no sense. This is a waste of time. Why am I studying it?" I look mm-hmm. back on now, and I'm like, "Thank God I did, because it taught me how to write. It taught me how to think linguistically. It taught me how to deal with people at school mm-hmm. who yeah, are right. maybe are less than likable, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also taught me specifically, and I'm sure you as well. The number one lesson that I carry through today: mm-hmm. how to deal with bullies." Right? It's a big one. Yeah. So yeah. people go like, oh, don't go to uni. Oh, also don't go to school. I'm like, no, go to school and go to uni if you know what you want to do. Mm. If you know what you want to do in, in life and you need a degree to enable that, of course. go to uni. If you don't know what to do and you you know, want to go study engineering or something, or you want to study something specifically like marine biology, but you don't know what you want to do. I would say don't go to uni. I would that say would... study something bigger, broader, engineering, yeah. manufacturing, sales, stuff like that. Right. But right. a lot of people make that mistake of studying like, I don't know, I don't even know what the brain surgery, whatever it's called. I don't know what the degree is called. Right. And then become like an accountant. Mm, you know yeah, what I mean? Let's see. I see that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You got to have the end goal in mind. Mm. And as you said, at a, at a young age, you're still trying to figure out a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, personally, even in my early 20s, I was trying to figure out a lot of things. So I think there is a certain age yeah. if you are trying to work out the end game. 
But trying starting young will give you those principles, those skills, as you said, right? So going to school, going to you did I think you did karate, combat sports, taekwondo, yeah. taekwondo <laughs> those kind of things. Like just trying things, you know, see what what you like, what you don't like, and if you like business at fifteen, you like business, but make sure you you also growing as a person, right? Going to school, learning a new language be you know just interacting networking okay cool so we're going to wrap up now we ran out of time unfortunately Dave it was a pleasure my friend. always a pleasure 100 yeah. percent um and we'll definitely do this again when we have more time when there's more sun but until then we'll wrap up